Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to the Munkinass St. Louis Honda Sports on a Sunday morning. Here's the pitch. A swing and a high fly ball. This could be trouble. It's at the wall. And it's a gunner! He scores! Now, sports on a Sunday morning on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. In nine minutes, we will talk to Cardinals manager Mike Schilt. He's going to join us live on the show, 10-15, in his normal slot where he would have been had the season started on Thursday. He told me uh, before the season that in spring training that he still wanted to do the March 29th Mike Schilt show. And that is because he wants you to feel a little baseball, feel a little sense of normalcy, have a little distraction from the news and spend a little time with us talking some ball. So we're going to do that with Mike Schilt at 1015. I'm excited to bring that to you. Tom Ackerman with you. Brian Kelly is in the studio. Always good to see you. James O'Sullivan, our producer. BK, how's everything going? You guys holding down the fort over here? Uh, doing okay. Not too bad. Missing missing sports, though. Big yeah, time. I do too. Although, you know, it's been fun to kind of pause and reminisce about some things that uh, normally, you know, the sports world and just the world in general moves so fast mm-hmm. that you forget about about a lot of these things. I mean, yeah. I, I was I was watching the Blues, uh, Stanley Cup, and especially the my I mean, my heart was I mean I my everything was was hurting when uh, they played Dallas in the double overtime game. I forgot how many times they, they almost oh lost goodness. the game. Yeah, that one the wraparound by Ben and that's oh. right, that was right in front of our seats. <laughs> that's and unbelievable. That was, yeah. Yeah, and that's what it takes to win a cup. You got to get lucky too. Unbelievable. I mean, going back and watching that, I forget how nervous I was, and I started mm-hmm. to feel it again. I know what happened, yeah. of course. And then you realize also, I've seen the goal a million times, but Robert Thomas, yeah. dude. Yeah. I mean, what an incredible move to make it happen, and then Pat Maroon bangs it home, and and all is uh, well for the Blues. But man, and to go back and watch that stuff, and like for me personally, as an Indiana basketball fan. You know, someone texted me and said, hey, the Duke game is on right now, CBS Sports Network. All you have to say is the Duke game. Uh 2002 NCAA tournament, IU down 14, second half. Duke, the number one team in the country. They had everybody. IU, little scrappy IU, uh, finds a way and beats them in Lexington. You know, and I'm like, I'm nervous the entire second half Uh watching this thing on my couch. (laughs) What I like is, as you watch those games and you see the players and the fans, and they're all so nervous, Knowing what's ahead, knowing that you're going to win the cup, knowing yeah. you're going to have the parades, and knowing what is how your life is going to be so great after this moment you're watching, you know, and, and the fans are like they're chewing on their fingernails. Oh, and it's, man. man, don't worry, you know, in a little while you're going to be drinking out of the cup, man. Yeah. It's cool, <laughs> you know. And then the then there's the 2011 season, which we have coming up here at noon. Mm-hmm. It'll be September 1st, 2011. The Cardinals going for the sweep at Miller Park, and it's been fun to play along. And I've no longer said what's going to air on May 11th. That will be the last game. If you know, of course, 2011, you know how it ends. But we're now sort of playing along. So the Cardinals are eight and a half out, and they've made a little noise at Miller Park. And they're starting to to make things happen in Milwaukee. I don't know if the division leader is nervous yet. Brandon Dixon's the starting pitcher today. Cardinals seem pretty harmless. 
But I'll tell you who's red hot right now, Albert Pujols. Yeah, I mean, it's this, so fun to hear him last night. He hit that home run in the first inning. It's like, oh, that sounds so good. He is locked in. So mm-hmm. that game is coming up at noon today. And then, as I mentioned, Mike Schilt is on the show. And I'm just so happy here in five minutes to talk to Schilte because just to hear the manager talking and talking some ball, I think, just feels normal and right. Yeah. John Mosellock will be with us at 11:30 in his normal slot and you know we're going to talk about how life is right now for him and just baseball and life in general right now. We also have Chris Blair who has an event tonight. That's cool. He's got a big That's event neat. coming up tonight. Yeah. He he'll be at 11:05. He's uh, guiding this iRacing event that Worldwide Technology Raceway is doing tonight. He'll tell you where you can see that and how to follow along. He has drivers from all these circuits that are competing in this eSports event tonight with a digital replica of the racetrack, so that's exciting. Brian Folkerts, the center for the St. Louis Battlehawks, oh, yeah. is going to be with us at 11.20. He is from St. Louis, mm-hmm. went to Hazelwood Central, I should. Oh, you better get that right. I should look at that right. I, mean, I could be Hazelwood West. Oh boy, I better look that up. Man. I'm just talking to you here. Yeah, I'm prepping. Okay. Okay. I'm prepping. Uh, he's from Hazelwood, uh, but I'm going to talk to him um, about that whole experience with the Battlehawks and how much fun that was as a local kid. I he, finally he, bought a cap and shirt the other day. Oh, good for you. Yeah. He once played for the St. Louis Rams, also. Yeah, uh, Brian yeah. Fulkerts uh-huh. and uh, John Mosellock at 11:30. Brad Corn at 11:45. He's the new coach at Southeast Missouri State. New basketball coach there, played at Southern Illinois. A lot of people in the area know him. So Cape Girardeau is just a great college town, and I hope that they can get that basketball program going. And I think Brad Korn's the right choice, to be honest with you. So that's coming up at 1145, and then Cardinal Baseball at noon, so we'll have some fun. A little normalcy. Let, let's reach yeah, out, grab you, a little normalcy, and put I, it in our lives right now. Thank you. And I, I've said that every week on this show since we uh, have gone through this, is that I do hope that this show right here from 10 to 12, I hope all of our shows for that matter, but for my purposes, from 10 to 12, we're just talking sports here and life experiences. Um, if you want to ask Mike Schild a question, you can, let's see, I, I would say the best would be just to hit me up on Twitter is what I'm watching right now, Ackerman1120. We do have some questions that are in the queue there on Twitter, and we'll we'll throw those at Mike Schilt, and we'll have some fun with it, talk some baseball and, and life with him. BK, good. good to see you. Good to see you, Tom. We'll take a break. James is going to get the Cardinals manager on the line, and off we go. Sports on a Sunday morning on KMOX. Big show. Glad you're with us. Until noon and beyond today, Cardinal baseball this afternoon. Throw something on the grill and listen to sports for the next several hours on KMOX. The following is a special presentation of sports on a Sunday morning. Welcome to the Mike Schilt Show on your voice of the St. Louis Cardinals, KMOX. And this big crowd on their feet, 47,000 plus. And the 1-1 pitch, we're going to pop up. There it is. It goes into shallow left. Out goes the uh, shortstop, makes the catch. Cardinals are a Central Division champion. They win 9-0, and they celebrate onto the field. Welcome to the show, Mike Schilt, the manager of the St. Louis Cardinals. He did that last season on September 29th. The Cardinals beat the Cubs 9 to nothing to clinch the NL Central. They went on to beat the Braves in the National League Division Series, advanced to the NLCS, one of the last four teams standing. And here we are on March 29th, and this would have been the first weekend of the baseball season, but still joining us for his first show of the season is the Cardinals skipper, Mike Schilt. Mike, it is great to talk to you, and great to have you on KMOX. 
Hey, Tom, how you doing? Good to be here. I'm doing great. How are you doing? Uh, how's everything in your world? Yeah, everything is good to be expected. Um, honeymooning with my beautiful bride, Michelle, and um, uh, her two daughters, Laura Grace and Maddie, and enjoying uh, being together and, you know, trying to trying to create whatever the new normal is and, and enjoy each other. Uh, it's so good to hear that you're together. Actually, let me go right to a Twitter question, if I may, and uh, right away, because this, this is something that uh, it came up, but we had a question, where did you meet your wife, and uh, how long have you known her, and, and congratulations to them on their marriage, says Shoe Repair Lady, that is our uh, Twitter account that is tweeted in, she says, two hearts become one. How, where did you meet your wife, Mike? That's really sweet. Um yeah, I was introduced by her identical twin sister, Marcia, um, last March, and the rest is, as we say, history. That's uh, really, it's awesome. And I, I've met her and, and really have enjoyed seeing the two of you together, Mike. You and Michelle, we wish you the very best on your honeymoon. Uh, we're here in St. Louis where it is bright and sunny. A little windy. Uh, this would have been, uh, of course, an ideal weather situation for a ball game here. We wouldn't have had a game here until uh, next week and this week coming up on Thursday. But we know right now that we're adjusting to a new normal. And we are willing to wait it out to make sure that everybody is safe and moving forward, that we're all together again. And when we do, it will be amazing, won't it? It will be amazing. It'll be you know, well worth the wait, and I look forward to um, to getting back to playing some baseball and connecting with our wonderful fans, and um, you know, enjoying the game that we all love so much. What do you uh, What do you do in the meantime in terms of connecting with your players, Mike? How have you uh, been able to stay connected to everybody? Well, we as a staff have been very intentional um, of just first of all making sure that our players are safe, they're taken care of. You know, there's varying degrees of guys with, with comfort and support systems. Um, some guys, of course, were here and uh, we're trying to get back to other countries and what that looks like. And, um, you know, you got younger players that um, just trying to, you know, put together what this all is about. And so really just want to – I spent the last, you know, two weeks really initially just making sure people felt safe, people were taken care of, people had food necessities, were healthy. Um and then now we're we're doing things just to check in on guys physically, um, you know, continue to check in on them emotionally, and then start to take the process of where are they and what what are they capable of doing um, from an activity standpoint? What are their um, limitations? A lot of guys are clearly um, in areas that just can't get out, don't have access to things. Um, we've been able to create orders for guys to be able to get weights and. Um, we send things through a through an app called Team Builder that um, gives them their workouts, and and then we also talk through them from our field staff about what they're doing, where they're going, and just just making sure they're um, in a place. The, the the thing that's the biggest challenge for all our guys and staff is just you know how to get guys ready for a beginning date of a spring training. Clearly, we're going to have a spring training again. Um, it'll be an abbreviated one. Um, who knows what that looks like, and we don't need to talk about it. But um, just creating guys to where, you know, usually they're in a December mode or a January mode leading into a um, middle of February go time mode, and there's just not that go time day. 
Um, so we had, you know, 30 of our 40 days in spring training were, um, were finished. And so we had guys fairly ramped up. So just trying to get a handle on where guys are, where they need to maintain. We don't want to ramp up too hard again, but we also don't want to go too far backwards, I think. But mostly we're just making sure guys are physically staying in, in relatively good shape, best they can. Right, and there is so much uncertainty. We just don't know, you know, down the road when everything will go again. But, gosh, you had in those 30 days a really good spring training. I mean, looking back at it, and, again, I was there for, what, probably a week of it because I did those Monday through Thursday games and then the schedule stopped. Um, so I got to see some of it. But, man, I, I thought your team looked really good, Mike, and I know you did too. I mean, defensively, excellent. Pitching, really strong. And offensively, as you and I talked about a few weeks ago, there were some trends that showed that this team was starting to do what you wanted. Yeah, you know, we really were um, in a great place. Um, and we'll just look to pick up on that place. But, you know, the proverbial small sample size from an analytic side, but he's still relative to something. We were second in all of Major League Baseball in spring training with our, our defensive metrics. Um, our defensive efficiency was was right there, like we were last year. Um, the pitching was really good. You know, it's hard to determine the pitching. You're getting a lot of different guys, different looks. Guys are working on things, so you don't want to get overly result oriented. But the fact of the matter is, guys are really good, um, and and we had a really healthy competition to make our club, which is which is really encouraging. Um, and then offensively, I mean, our numbers are already remarkably better. Again, short sample size, you know, looking at 22 games or so. Um, but every single trend that we were looking to improve upon, chase rate, walk, strikeouts, everything had, was dramatically improving. The lineup from one through nine is what you're looking at. I remember, I, I thought it was really well said in the dugout, one of your dugout sessions, you talked about extending the offense, extending the inning, and nine is important to you, too. I think that you wanted and you were starting to really make the point that your pitchers can really be a participant here offensively, that that that's not something that you're overlooking whatsoever. No, we always look for every age possible, you know, in competition and um, the pitching spot. It's important. I was talking to Tony about it at length and just making sure you don't underestimate that, that opportunity for the pitchers to contribute offensively. And, you know, we – we treated him this spring more as an offensive player. Um, not that we haven't in the past, but we just were able to use some of the things. I mean, we've got guys with, with that have recruited bats. And so some of the same, um, which is one of the primary reasons I enjoy the metrics aspect of it, it just identifies and creates clarity of, of what you're good at and what areas you're not as good at. So it creates an effective work plan. So in the past, we've had this generic work plan for, for – really all of the hitters, um, you know, to some degree. Uh, but now with the pitchers included, we can get specific and go, okay, this particular person is working on X, Y, and Z. A strength is this. Um, and so now we can, instead of going out and just taking batting practice or doing a, a generic routine in the cage, now, like I say, our pitchers do, specificity of what they're working on, whether they work on in the breaking ball more or they're chasing a certain part of the play, um, and just making sure their work is more specific so they can be more. And also we did more situational work with the pitchers, making sure they we always work on the bunting, but doing some other things with them as well so they can be more complete. 
Yeah, they could really be a factor in everything that you're trying to do. Base running is so important in all of this, isn't it, Mike? And and I mentioned defense, pitching, offense. I didn't talk about the base running specifically, but it was fun to watch. I think that, you know, and base running is not about stealing bases necessarily. It's just about making right decisions and doing the right thing, extending uh, the inning, as we say. Yeah, I mean, think about it, you know, common sense terms, you know, baseball, you score runs, you win games, just got to score one more than the other, obviously, but than your opponent. But outside of hitting a home run, every single run on the bases is created through guys being on, you know, being good base runners. And sometimes we forget to think of how important that is. And we put a lot of emphasis on taking advantage of every opportunity, every situation. Our players, um, to their credit, have bought into it and are very intentional about wanting to be great on the basis. Uh, and so, you know, we do a lot of research and planning to create edges for our players. Um, but, you know, the fact of the matter is they take advantage of it um, and work on it. And it's, it's, been a, it's been a competitive edge for us, and we look forward to continue to be that way. What did you think about the – outfield just in general that was probably the biggest question going in as to what your outfield would look like looked like you had some pretty solid competition across the board you also have a veteran in Dexter Fowler who I know was working hard to get himself back the results might not have shown it but again this is spring training where you're supposed to be working that's right uh you know we'll start with Dexter um thought he has um was has he had a productive spring training, and sometimes the numbers don't validate it. Um, and a lot of his work was really, really, really good. Um, his batting practices were crisp. He was on time with his eyes really early in camp. And what I mean by that is he wasn't chasing out of the zone. He was getting pitches to handle. He was getting into deep counts. Uh, he, almost every at bat, he was in a 2-2, two, 3-2 two, two count. Um so he saw pitches, made good decisions, got good some good pitches to swing at. And then, you know, hitting's timing. It's timing with your eyes. It's timing with your hands and eyes and, and the feel of it. And it takes a little little while for that to happen, especially, you know, Dexter's on a more of a veteran program where he's um, easing into spring training and ramping up the advances as we go. And people might be wondering, well, well, why is that? Well, you know, he's played 12 years in the big leagues. And – he knows what it takes to get himself ready. It's also a longer season. We want to make sure when the primary um, responsibilities that we have and I have as, as the manager is to make sure guys come out of spring training feeling fresh. Um, and so Dex was in a, getting in a good place with his timing physically, um, with his swing. And then, you know, we the game started to, you know, kind of came to a screeching halt. But um, I thought Dex was, was going about the right way and in a, in a better place than I think people thought. Um, and then the rest of the outfield competition, loved the way everybody went about it and competed. I mean, Harrison had a, was having a good spring. Um, again, better plate zone discipline, um, seeing the ball better, staying on the ball a little better. Um, of course, he played, you know, his typical good defense. Um, Wayne Thomas had a really nice spring good quality, good bats. You know, this guy's got some easy power in the swing, um, using the whole field, played well defensively. Tyrell O'Neill, same thing. Chase Rake, you know, our whole team, as I alluded to earlier, Chase Rake was, was becoming significantly down. As a matter of fact, it was the best in baseball. Um, 
in, in spring training. And Tyro O'Neill was a good representation of that, swinging in the zone, um, shorter swing, you know, did some did some damage. So, you know, those guys did well. Austin Dean came in. Um, we acquired in the trade. Had a very nice spring training. Took a lot of quality at bats. So, you know, it's a it's a it's a it's a very talented group. Of course, we can't forget our man Dylan Carlson, um, who more than did his part to go about just playing the game and and uh, showed the ability to be an effective switch hitter both sides of the plate and good solid defender and and um, capable base runner. So, a lot of positives in in spring training with our with our outfield core. Boy, he is a good defender, Carlson. Uh, he made a play out in right field where he came uh, flying over with those long strides. Like, whoa, where did he come from? Went out and made that play. That's that's one of the other great aspects of his game. You have some good defense out there. We do. The guys work at it. Um, Willie does a nice job, but the, the players deserve the credit, of course. They're very intentional about it. One of the things that we talked about as a group to continue to work on and improve, and I felt like we were making strides towards that is that preparation prior to pitch. Uh, so specific to Dylan, that play you mentioned, I mean, another play that was an easier-looking play, but um, it was a big play late in the spring training game. And, you know, I know we're it's more of an exhibition game, but we're still still playing to win. Um, and it was a big play that really somewhat went unnoticed. And, and that's just, you know, he started to recognize during an at-bat what the hitter was doing, what the pitcher was doing. And you saw him start to move accordingly during the at-bat based on what was going on. And then a guy, he was playing left field in that particular time, and the guy hits a uh, left-handed hitter, hits a ball going away from him with the runner on second. It was a tie-in run with two outs. And because Dylan moved in and over and was anticipating what was going on, he got the ball relatively easily. But if he doesn't do that, there's a high likelihood that ball falls in. We got a tie game. Who knows what happens after that? We ended up winning by a run. So um, that pre-pitch anticipation, awareness uh, to the play you mentioned in right center, similar deal, aware of where the ball is going to go, it's a good jump, and then let this physical ability take over from there, which is obviously, you know, impressive. You know how much fun this is right now talking baseball with you? This feels good. <laughs> this feels good, man. I'm telling you, 10, 10.30 on a Sunday morning talking some ball, this, this is what we needed, don't you think? Yeah, this, this is what it's about, you know, and hopefully uh, it's able to make some, bring some smiles to some people around the country in the St. Louis area that, you know, are such passionate, loving baseball fans, and hopefully it gets the juices flowing in a, in a good manner. We're going to take a quick break. We'll come back and rejoin you with a few questions from Twitter, a few questions from me. We'll talk some ball, tell a few stories, and we'll be wrapped up uh, about 10 minutes to 11. We're going to hear a little bit of Adam Wainwright. Who doesn't love hearing from Wayno? That's on the way at 10.50. Uh, 11.05, uh, we'll have Chris Blair from Worldwide Technology Raceway, Brian Folkerts of the St. Louis Battlehawks, John Mosellock is on the show at 11.30. College Hoops with SEMO basketball coach Brad Korn at 11.45 and a Cardinals game at noon from 2011. It's all next on KMOX. Mike Schilt back with us right after this. Now, back to the Mike Schilt Show on your voice of the St. Louis Cardinals, KMOX. Tom Ackerman back with you. 10.34 here on a Sunday morning. Nice sunny day here in St. Louis. Mike Schilt, the Cardinals manager, is with us on the line. We're so happy he's with us. Uh, a few questions coming in from Twitter, Mike. Young Steven uh, tweets in and says, what does Mike do to pass the time? How would you answer that one? 
Well, you know, it's um, we got more time on our hands than we care for, but I'm taking advantage of it on a personal level. Enjoying, like I said, my beautiful bride Michelle um, and the family, and played some couple of mean games of Monopoly. Um, so that's been fun. Been able to take some nice walks and enjoy each other's company, and um, spend some time reading and catching up on a few things, and and of course connecting with our players has been a, a part of the time as well. And and uh, other than that, just just trying to stay in prayer and, and um, stay positive. It has been nice to be close to the family and spend some time together. That's for sure. It is a chance for us to rest, pause, and think about uh, life and, and ourselves. That's for sure. It's also been, uh, there's been a really neat thing that we've been doing on KMOX, Mike, every night. And in the case of today, it'll be at noon. We're airing a game from 2011. So we started on Monday from the game that the Cardinals were 10 and a half out in the wild card. And we're running it all the way through May 11th, which is Game 7 of the 2011 World Series. So every single day, there's a full Cardinals game on KMOX. I think it's been uh, therapeutic for people. I speak for myself. The first one that I heard, I I started to get a little emotional. Just kind of hearing Mike and John call the game again felt really good. You know what I mean? I do. It's um, been catching up a little bit on the Major League Baseball Network and watching some games and um, watching a little bit of the Ken Burns baseball um, documentary. And, you know, the game is part of our fabric. And, you know, opening day was kind of a tough one for me personally to to swallow for a lot of reasons. And um, But it's really, really healthy that people are getting to enjoy that magical run in 2011. I remember it all so well, like we all do. But to relive it is, is, a, is a blessing to, to bring some smiles and some faces. What do you remember about that first week with the Cardinals 10 and a half out? Now, they still put the pedal down, and they, as we play this game today, they're going to try to sweep the Brewers and be seven and a half out in the division. What do you remember from that when they started to get things going late August, early September? Not, not being overly surprised. You know, having been with that group um, and – being with the the staff in, in spring training and, and being, you know, four years into working with Tony and the staff running spring trainings and um, going up into the seasons and just being more connected and, of course, starting to manage at higher levels. Um, you know, you knew you knew the fabric and the culture of the group. You, you knew there was a group that was going to be very uh, committed to competition, um, that had a very clear vision of where they wanted to go and how they wanted to get there. Um and, you know, they needed to rely on that, you know, to make sure that they didn't throw in the towel. And I knew that wasn't going to happen. It wasn't even a consideration, which 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 is why when something that special happens, that's really a fabric of it as a group of people that are going to work together through things when they're not going as well as you'd like to think. Stay with the program, stay with each other, stay positive, stay connected, and keep working through a process that, that you know works. And, um, you know, it's a very dedicated group, obviously. And so they started to play better. Um, didn't surprise me at all. And, of course, the run was magical. It really was. Uh, you had some very good runs yourself. In 2018, you had this team really going in late summer, September as well. You came very close to making the playoffs, turning that team around, and your players put together some great contributions. And then, of course, last year, the team goes on to win the National League Central, wins the division series against the Braves, runs into the world champion Nationals. A question on Twitter from Andrew Price is to ask you, what was your best part about last season? And he says, thank you. 
Yeah, you're welcome, Andrew. Um, it's hard to have a clear best part. The best part is really to see the, the and be able to be a part of, but also step back and enjoy the, the player's celebration. Um, seeing them just so, just such pure joy uh, from a sense of accomplishment that, that you invested in. And I won't even say seven months. It was basically that, spring training in the season. You know, last offseason was a very, very, very committed offseason from our players and staff. And people put a lot of time, energy into their offseason that led us into the season. And then the grind. I mean, if you're going to win it on the last day of the series of the season, then you know you had to fight, scratch, and call the whole way. And just to see you guys celebrate uh, with such uninhibited joy and appreciate the accomplishment and then be able to love each other um, really was, was probably the highlight of it all. It was really something. This is a question from Troy Poole. He says on Twitter, can you ask him to tell us a little bit about Jobel Jimenez, the longtime uh, and also longtime minor league and current Springfield manager, Joe Cruzel. Uh, Jimenez is your assistant hitting coach. Mike, what can you say about him? A lot of positives. Um, this is just a, this is, first of all, first and foremost, like a lot of all our staff, it's a high character guy. You know, Joe Bell's first rate person. Um, has the heart for the player, has the heart for teaching, has the heart for the organization, and has a strong desire to, to compete and win. So just a really good combination and um, has great communication skills, um, bilingual, which is very helpful. Uh, he understands people. And until you understand people, it doesn't really matter what you know. It only matters what, if they know what you know. And Joe Bell has an ability to get to know people, um, be flexible in how he works and teaches and gets his points across. So he's able to reach a lot of our players and help them. Um, and he's done a tremendous job for us um, and will continue to do so. Uh, Joe Cruzel, our manager in AA. Joe started 2008 in the organization. He's now one of our senior members of our player development department, which has graduated a lot of a lot of the staff through to our to our staff, um, and we've had some retirements as well. So Joe is now one of the one of the pillars of the organization in the minor league as far as the teaching component of it. Um, he's a really good baseball man. He was in our big league camp um, all the way until we shut it down, and you know just sees the game very well, uh, understands the feel for the game, and 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 another high character guy that cares about the players and. You know, Joe does a Joe does a nice job of making sure the guys are ready and prepared, holds them accountable, but but treats them fair. Um, so he's a, he's a real asset to the organization. Mike Schilt, the Cardinals manager, is with us. We're going to take a quick timeout. Come back with one more segment. We'll talk a little ball, tell a few stories. Continue to take your questions on Twitter. It's the Mike Schilt Show on KMOX. Back after this. Now, back to the Mike Schultz Show on your voice of the St. Louis Cardinals, KMOX. A few minutes left with Mike Schultz. We love talking to the Cardinals manager. We're going to do it every Sunday in the 10 o'clock hour. Mike, it's been an absolute blast. We do have a couple of uh, questions still left on Twitter. This one from Buzz10024 said, and I actually know the answer. I know. I actually know the answer. How about that name? I know the answer to the first question. His first question is favorite coffee. I know the answer. You don't drink coffee. 
That is correct. I do not drink coffee. And I just learned that. So, but there are a lot of people don't. But and you're not really a, a big, you know, like down an energy drink in the morning kind of person, are you? No, I just um, I don't know. Never really felt the need or the pull, and um, I feel like I got enough energy already. So um, some days more than others, probably. But <laughs> um, yeah, it's just not anything that's really uh, really grabbed me. Uh, but you do uh, enjoy a cold one, right, uh, towards the end of the day. I've been doing this thing on Twitter called uh, Twitter Happy Hour, where I crack, crack open a cold one and, you know, people share what, what kind of uh, beverage they're having. You're, you're always up for yeah. a cold beer, aren't you? Well, you know, I'm, I, historically, yes. Um, but I've kind of gravitated more to the clear. Um, so I'm more like water, and then I'll mix in an occasional um, occasional spirit that's clear. Yeah. Yeah, I'll do that too. And it's you know, it's low carb. Like I'll do a Tito's and Club, you know. Yeah, I'll do it without the club, but that's you know, yeah. you know. Yeah, 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 I can, I can, <laughs> I can do that too. I've been known to do a little, uh, you know, a little rye, just sit at night, you know, just sip on a little, a little rye and just watch, watch a ball game or something. Good way to wrap up the day. Uh, the other question, yeah. the other question from uh, this person was, what happened to Munoz? I, I know that that we talked about Gyro. Uh, you did at length down in spring training. I actually thought it was one of your best uh, answers all spring. You showed great compassion for a young man that um, was trying to to do whatever he could to be successful. I I, I thought that that you did that very well. Well, I appreciate it, and I wish I had some real um, clarity about Gyro as we speak. Um, he's really just kind of sequestered himself um, back home in the Dominican. Um, not had a lot of contact with him um, through multiple efforts and, and a lot of people on our staff and in clubhouse have as well. And, you know, it's like, I wish I could have more intelligent answer to, to say how he's doing. We just uh, hope he's doing well, clearly. And, um, you know, it's really just um, unsure what's going on with him, but we wish him all the best and, and um, we'll always be there to support him. As for your club right now, moving ahead into 2020, and we uh, certainly can't wait to see some baseball, but we understand the situation that we're in. I think overall, when you look at your team uh, and you see, we haven't talked about pitching, we can do it next week, but just overall from a pitching standpoint, what did you observe in spring training and how did you feel about it when it closed out? It, I mean, pretty significant that it closed out with an Adam Wainwright regular season type start. He looked awesome. He looked great. Um, great tempo down in the zone, multiple pitches, including the, the devastator, the changeup. He's worked into his arsenal for, for quality strikes. And him and Yachty were just in a familiar in sync pattern of, of um, being on the same page. So, um, you know, Wayno was good. Jack was solid working on a few things. Um, Dakota was very effective. Um, you know, Ponce was, was really, really good. Gomber was really, really good. Um, Tyler Webb out of the bullpen was great. Um, Geo started to, you know, hit his spots a little bit more as, as we went. Um, you know, I thought some of the younger guys, uh, pitched well. Thompson came in, you know, and it looked like he was able to, to be in attack mode and throw quality pitches at that level. Um, it was good to see Matt Libertor get an opportunity to get out there and compete and kind of see where he is. And, um, I thought he did. I, I was impressed by the way he responded from his first outing. Um, and he really took the bull by the horns and was more effective after that. Um, so a lot of a lot of quality pitching. Carlos Martinez was dominant in the game. Um, and over in uh, when we played Washington for five innings, healthy, recovered well. 
Um, so, you know, I'm leaving a few guys out, but, you know, it's the quick and quick and dirty version of it. The pitching was good. The attention to detail on the, on the little things, holding runners, fielding their position. Um, and then the, the preparation and, and how to compete was, was, was excellent as well. KK also, I, yeah. I want to mention him. I thought he did, thought he did wonderful. He was, um, you know, very effective for him. Thought he immersed himself in the clubhouse well and, and did a great job on the mound. And one thing I was really pleased about is, you know, when he got into a situation that was a little hairy, you know, you, that's really when, for me at least, a lot of evaluation takes place. You know, a lot of people can compete well when the stars are lined up, um, but it's when things aren't quite as clean for you. And then, we, you know, we find out what you have. Um, Brian Eversgert, our bullpen coach, says, who you are is what you do when you're at your most uncomfortable. And um, KK was really showed the ability to bear down, execute, um, and not make the situation bigger than it is. And he was able to, able to get out of a couple of mini jams and he thought he had a nice camp. Yeah, he was very impressive. Mike, uh, we really appreciate the time a whole lot and continued uh, love and success to you and your wife, Michelle. Enjoy your honeymoon. Thanks for doing this for us. And it's great to have you on every week on KMOX at 10 o'clock. We're very much going to look forward to talking some ball with you. Yeah, my privilege. Um, best to everybody out there. Stay strong. Stay safe. Um, you know, stay stay uh, in your faith. And, and, and we'll talk to you next week, and we'll get through this, and we'll be better for it. Appreciate it very much. Have a great day. All right, Tom. Take care. There's the Cardinals manager, Mike Schild. Boy, great to hear his voice and talk to him in it on these Sunday mornings. We'll do it every Sunday in the 10 o'clock hour. Before we wrap up this hour and another hour coming, a whole bunch of guests, including John Mosellock at 1130, let's hear from Wayno, Adam Wainwright, on what we're airing every day, the 2011 Cardinals season. Our number one pitcher, Carp, was starting to pitch great. Second half, he just really started to come alive. Our lineup was incredibly talented. You know, you got Pujols, Matt Holliday, Lance Berkman in the middle of it. You need three boppers usually to win a World Series, and we had three boppers, just like Roland, Edmonds, Pujols. You know, you just need those guys, right? And uh, we had we had everything clicking <clears throat> or, like, about to click, and you can just kind of feel it. But also I knew the schedule. You know, when you have a, when you had as much time off as I had, um, I studied that schedule pretty hard. I knew I knew that people who were ahead of us were on the schedule coming up in September, and you know, I, it's crazy to think about it now. When I look back at it, ten and a half games out, you're kind of like, eh, this is going to be a tough one. At the time, I completely believed it was possible, like without a shadow of a doubt, though. Which, you know, it's it's one of those things you can't fake. You know, there was a there was a legitimate feeling that I had, and I was just hearing people, even some within our organization, that were were saying, "Well, it's been a good year. You know, we fought hard, and we just didn't make it before the last month had been played with all the teams that were ahead of us still in the schedule." So, uh, it made sense to me that it was possible. And so, as I'm sitting there at at the MAC, uh, listening to one after another, people get up and kind of give consoling words about how the season went and, you know, preparing for next year. <laughs> I felt like it was time to change the narrative, you know? I mean, do we just, do we play five months or do we play six months? Do, why, why would you ever give up before it was over? And and, uh, and it, was, it was mathematically possible. We had to 
we had to pretty much win out all those games at least that we were playing against those tough teams. But I knew our team and I knew our talent level. And uh, I knew it was possible. So um, that's what I said. And I said it, you know, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, I said it right after our own had got up to speak. And I just going, you know, I might get in some trouble for, for kind of disagreeing with what they're saying, but it needs to happen. So um, I'm not saying it had anything to do with anything. Yeah, I was the reason why we won the 2011 World Series. I mean, there's no question about it. <laughs> Adam Wainwright with Chris Raby. Appreciate Chris for contributing that uh, from his interview with Adam. Uh, I was uh, the one who was holding the microphone when he did that at the MAC on August 24th, 2011. Adam delivered that speech to the crowd, and uh, there's a transcript of it if you want to see. I, I wrote a column about it on KMOX.com, but anyway... He did. He spoke to the crowd and had them going in that room. That was the day that the Cardinals got swept by the Dodgers and went ten and a half games out in the wild card. And they were ten games behind the Brewers in the division. And somehow, some way, the Cardinals did start to climb back. So the game you're going to hear coming up at noon, they are now sitting eight and a half back in the division, trailing the Brewers. Uh, but they've won the first two in this series. And number five is getting red hot, Albert Pujols, the number three hitter in the lineup. They have a really good lineup, as a matter of fact, with a Matt Holiday in there and Berkman and all these names. You started to put it together. This team can hit. And if they can start, you know, one problem that they had all season that year was they kept grounding into double plays. One after the other, they were approaching a record at this point of the season. You could hear them, uh, you could hear them in the broadcast how deflating that would be. But they just kept putting runners on base and finding ways. And here we are at the start of September. So the game we're going to play at noon is from September 1st, 2011. And it's starting to happen for them a little bit. So we'll see. Brandon Dixon is the starting pitcher today for the Cardinals at noon. Chris Raby will have the pregame. In the 11 o'clock hour on the way, Chris Blair, the general manager of Worldwide Technology Raceway at 11.05, his eSports iRacing event that's happening tonight. He will tell us all about it. At 11.20, the St. Louis native Brian Fulkerts, center for the St. Louis Battle Hawks. Let's hear about the Dome experience from one of the players. That's on the way at 11.20. At 11.30, John Mosellock. He'll talk to me about baseball and life as we know it right now. That's on the way. And then at 11.45, Brad Korn, the Southeast Missouri State new basketball coach. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law.